Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Oral Presentations. This is a podcast by myself, Christopher Wood. I'm going to do it once a week. And what it is going to be is I'm going to pick a topic and either I know about it or I researched it or I'm going to have a friend come in and record a topic when I'm lazy and don't want to do one on my own. And I'm going to explain it the best I can. I used to run a show called Oral Presentations where I would book other stand-up comics to make a PowerPoint presentation about something they know about. And it was always a lot of fun to run, but we kind of got buried on a shitty spot. I had to run on, like, Tuesdays at 7.30. That was tough. But I liked running it because I I got to do an oral presentation every time we ran one. So it would give me an excuse to look into something. And keep learning things. Honestly, I'm I'm 32 at this point. I'm pretty scared that I'm getting all the way dumb. Yeah. I mean, after school, you don't really have to learn anything anymore. So it was nice to run that show and then have an excuse to look into stuff. Also, I mean, all the shit, interesting. I, I did one on Magnitogorsk. That's a Russian town. I might do one on that for this. Huh? That may be... Future Magnitogorsk episode perhaps coming. That's a and that's like a, a city in the Soviet Union on the other side of the Ural Mountains. That when Stalin was like, "Yo, we gotta fucking stop using horses. We need some tanks." He just shipped everybody to Magnitogorsk. And I mean, people who like never saw a staircase before were they just showed up? They're like, "Hey." And he was like, all right, you got to weld, get up there. And people were just dropping, dude. Let the bodies hit the floor. <laughs> Soviet industrialization was brutal. Anyway, so like stuff like that. Look, it's you're not going to be able to MLA source what you learn on here. I mean, and throwing it out in conversation. I mean, I would, but again, you know, careful. If somebody knows more than, like, one follow-up question on any of these topics, I mean, you, you're kind of fucked if all you got is what you learned from this podcast. But, interesting stuff. You know what I'm saying? Why not? So, the first topic I'm going to do, and uh, it's, like, the greatest, uh, it's just, like, a, I don't know, I love it because it's just a huge fuck-up on all fronts, and just, it just ended terribly, and it's a, a blight on an otherwise reputable organization. We're going to talk about the 1904 Summer Olympics in St. Louis. It was, uh, if you don't know anything about it, all right, so it's 1904. So just go ahead, and people don't know what germs are. Uh, People don't know water's good for you. I mean, the Civil War ended, I don't know, 35 years ago. That's how far back it is. They're big on trains at this point. It's like the industrialization that would lead to the massacre in World War One because we had a bunch of new machines to kill people with, but no way to like stop that. Anyway, so we're in the part where like people are learning electricity isn't exactly magic, but they still refer to electricians as magicians. Like magicians, like people were amazed, like holy shit, this guy. And now, you know, I kind of resent that modern day electricians are known for like taking a shit in their truck on launch. Yeah, I, th- I think we should probably have a little bit more reverence for them. Anyway, so yeah, the 1904 Olympics is what we're talking about today. So 1904, in St. Louis, okay? First off, it wasn't supposed to be in St. Louis. Nobody knew where the fuck St. Louis was. There's no internet. 
there's no cell phones or anything, and the Olympics are international. It's like, yo, Brussels has no idea, or Belgium has no idea where the fuck St. Louis is. So even, okay, so how did we get to St. Louis hosting the games? They were supposed to be in Chicago. People kind of knew where Chicago was. They're like, all right, whatever. Chicago, middle of America. We get it. We'll, we'll get there. Right? But here's what's happening. There was like an all-time shitty, slimy, unscrupulous booker running a centennial festival celebration for the Louisiana Purchase. So there's 100 years past when... Yeah, we bought the second half of the United States for like uh, 90 bucks from France. So it was the 100 years anniversary for that. So this guy was running this festival in St. Louis and he had all the inventions, a bunch of like new electric shit and like, hey, look at this light bulb. Whoa. All that stuff. He already had that planned out. It was like the FYE festival of 1900. It was a total shit show already. Right. But he found out that the Olympics are going to be running in Chicago, which is pretty close to St. Louis at the same time as his FYE festival was going on. So this dude decided like, fuck it, I'm just going to build a stadium for 19,000 people at a man-made lake. Like he just started building the things you need to host the Olympics and then also lobbying like, yo, fuck Chicago. They don't know what they're doing over there. We already got, we're going to have this sick party over here already. Just give me the Olympics. Just give me the Olympics. Um, we're already ready for the Olympics. I love the Olympics. I know everything about it. Obviously, I'm throwing a party about the Louisiana Purchase. You know what those guys know about hosting the fucking Olympics? Okay, throw it over here. Who's even in Chicago? Nobody wants to go there. And it worked. At some point in time, the Olympic International Festival was like, well, this guy's going to host an athletic event in St. Louis with all the best athletes, so we're not even going to get anybody to show up. Fine, fucking give it to him. Let him have it, right? So this idiot booker is now in charge of the 1904 Olympics. But when they give him the Olympics, they don't help him any more than that. They just say, fine, fuck it, you can have it, but it's on you. We're not going to give you any help. And like support staff or anything, it's just you. You got to run the Olympics, dude. And the guy's like, fucking, I got it. (laughs) Yo, spoiler alert, he didn't have it. (laughs) He didn't have any of the things you need to organize the Olympics, even in 1900. He didn't have any international judges, people who understand what the games is about. We're just, he's just winging it. He's, He's just putting it together. Number one thing he made sure to lock down to be at the 1904 Olympics, Jim Key. Jim Key, the educated horse. (laughs) He made sure to book him. (laughs) This was just a horse that I'm guessing they beat the shit out of so badly they taught it English. I don't really know how that worked, but this is a famous horse that used to spell the president's name, tell your future, tell you whether to vote Republican or Democrat. I don't know how they trained this thing. I should probably do one on on that. I'm going to look into how they manipulated that animal to do those things. It's definitely sugar cubes. It's got to be sugar. Sugar cubes coming in hard. I've seen The Illusionist with Ed Norton. I know how magic was done back then with that peach tree and Paul Giamatti's all pissed the whole movie. But he's adorable. And Jessica Biel's gorgeous. I've seen it. It's sugar cubes, dude. I'm going to look into that. I'm not saying it's sugar cubes yet. Don't quote me on that. i got to do the research. Anyway, so Jim, he booked Jim Key, which is sick. 
Doesn't help him organize the Olympic Games, though. Um, Alright, so he he books the horse, and then he announces that the Olympic Games are going to last seven months. Which is way long, like, just making shit up. It's going to be seven months long. We're going to do an event a day. And some days we're not going to do events. Some days, listen to this, this dude would be in trouble today. So some days he didn't have events planned. There's just not that many Olympic events. And, oh, by the way, he started just, like, adding shit. He threw a tug of war in there. They had female boxing. That wasn't supposed... Like, there's no way that was supposed to be planned. I've seen pictures and videos of it. It's just ladies who are dressed up. But somebody was like, I bet we can get him to fight. Get some gloves. But he had to fill seven months of events. So some days he didn't have events. So on those days... Some of the time, he would host things called anthropo- uh, anthropological exhibit days. And what this was is that he would pay either a Native American tribe or he would ship in other Native tribes from under colonial rule. Like, the British Empire was still running shit. They still had stuff going on. I mean, they were trailing off, but there's still colonial powers who own more or less lesser countries at this point. So he would have he would have them come in to the middle of where like all the new modern sciences and just set up their town and then just have them live for a day in the middle surrounded by all this amazing technology that he was selling. Pretty fucked up. But if you remember that tribe, I mean, you're going to get paid for like getting the mail. I mean, definitely get paid, but pretty fucked up. So those are some days you can go and catch one of those at the 1904 Olympics. All right, so let's talk about the nations who showed up. There was 12 of them. That's it. That's the only people who found St. Louis. 12 nations persevered and were like, all right, we're here. Some of the athletes to compete. Um, got a lot of Frank Papalis at this Olympics. A lot of walk-ons with a dream. There's a 70-year-old man. Or no, 71. 71-year-old dude competed in archery. He didn't win anything. He didn't win anything, but he was 71 in 1904. So he made it 70 years of hard living through like the 1800s and still competed. They let him do it. Insane. But his his daughter won like four or five gold medals. But again, wasn't wearing Under Armour. You can find pictures of her. She won like three gold medals wearing like a nice hoop skirt and like a red sash and a big hat. She had like a Kentucky Derby hat on winning Olympic medals. You also had George Eisner, who was a German-American gymnast. This guy showed up, won six gymnast medals. Pommel horse. They had the rope climb in there. Again, looking for events, I'm guessing. Parallel bars, all these things. Won six gold medals. Incredible. Also had a wooden left leg. That was a level of competition here. He must have been such a good gymnast, dude. <laughs> How I can't even imagine being that good at anything. Because that was an old wooden leg, too. That wasn't like a new one. The most re- and That hadn't happened again. In 2016, a female swimmer competed with a wooden leg. But those are different wooden legs. Like the one from 2016 is made out of like hockey stick material. Like carbon fiber. Incredible light. Replicates the human body. George Eisner in 1904 had like a banister below the knee. <laughs> he had part of like a railing from a staircase 
That was like an actual wooden leg. And he won six gold medals. Incredible. They had water polo. Uh, again, they, they dug a man-made lake. Uh, they had water polo. But, as we touched on earlier, didn't know about germs. So, they also had live animals in the man-made lake while water polo was going on. And within the calendar year, four athletes would die of typhus from from water water polo with with buffalo hanging out just pooping in the water while you're playing for the Olympic gold you know again FYE festival of Olympics I don't know how this guy pulled it off the marathon is what these Olympics are actually famous for if you look up 1904 Olympics the first thing that comes up is marathon because of what a mess it was just all right, so we've already covered this dude who's running it has no international Olympics people to help him with. So he hired, like, Frank and the boys from St. Louis to map out the marathon path. Now, a marathon's supposed to be 26 miles. This was, like, 24 and a third miles. They, they mailed it in. They were like, all right, it's good. They just made it around roads unpaved a lot of the a lot of the course was unpaved dirt roads from 1904 and they didn't stop traffic they just let cars go so you you'd be running a marathon in 1904 also you don't know water's good for you so you're running a marathon and just getting dusted just getting dusted by a model t (laughs) who's upset that you're on the road a lot of road uh, a lot of dirt roads a lot of hills all right, so they got the course laid out. 32 people ran this marathon, or started to run this marathon. Right? Only 14 of them finished. I don't know how many of those were serious athletes or what. Again, they were allowing walk-ons. So less than half the people were like, I'm going to finish this. <laughs> Over half were like, fuck, I'm not doing this. I'm going to lay down. All right, so we hit on anthropology days, right? Remember where they would ship in people from tribes and just kind of make fun of them? Super fucked up. Check this out. Redemption. Two dudes from uh, South Africa, the Boer tribe, that were shipped in for anthropology day. They were hanging out when the marathon started, and they were just like, Yo, I don't fucking... I'm telling you, we could just run this shit. These people... We, I'm telling you, we could run this thing, dude. We don't even need shoes. Two of them were like, fuck this, I'm running it. No shoes. They came in ninth and 12th place in the marathon. They were just there to chill. They were just there to chill and get paid, and we're like, oh, I'm going to take a whack at it. And the guy who came in 12th place got chased by dogs for a mile off the course. It's documented. He was chased by a pack of dogs for a mile. He had like an extra, extra loop to his Mario Kart level. He had to take like a, a reverse shortcut. He's getting chased by chomps. <laughs> he had to lose a pack of dogs. Still came in twelfth. I'm gonna call him sixth place in my heart. That's you should you should give him something extra. That guy earned it. All right. So the guys who came in first and second in the in this 1904 marathon, the guy who came in second was a bricklayer from New York. He showed up, actual athlete, ran nine miles, and was like, "I'm not doing this shit. I'm not doing it." He had a buddy in a car next to him, and he was like, I'm just, I quit, dude. Let me in the car. I'm getting in. This is fucking, I'm sorry we came to St. Louis, dude. This sucks out here. 
Right? So he gets in the car, gives up, drives 11 miles, talking to shit, I guess. I don't really know. <laughs> and then gets out, and he's like, well, I don't know. Probably everybody's done. I'm just going to, like, trot into the stadium, right? And so he, he trots the last five or so miles and goes into the stadium. He's the first one back to the stadium, and there's no cell phones or cameras or anything. People lose their minds. People are like, this guy's so fucking fast. Holy shit, dude. They go, They erupt. This dude is covered in adulation that he didn't earn. He's like, all right, hey, what up? Right, so he goes up, and it wouldn't be until the actual ceremony of the podium that he would, the president's daughter was going to put a big wreath on him like he's a horse, and he was on the, he was on the podium, and as she was going to put the wreath on him, he would lean in and be like, yo, I fucking cheated, I can't, uh-uh. No, I got in a car for a while. I'll take second. Give me second place. I got in the car for a second. My bad. So he would come in second place. The guy who won was an actual athlete from Boston. And he he ran the first 15 miles full clip. Dude, he was hauling 15 miles, trucking, chunking those miles out. Collapsed on his face. <laughs> face down, dirt road. Glaxed. His uh, his team that was with him were like, "Hey man, you got to get the fuck up, <laughs> dude. Why can't you be smart like that horse? <laughs> get up." So they fed him egg whites, whiskey, and strychnine in like a protein shake. Uh, egg whites are not a bad call. I mean, whiskey, you know, is whiskey, and uh, strychnine's poison. That is animal poison. It's in, uh, it's in rat poison, and it's the stuff they, when they tell you how bad cigarettes are, it's like the first thing out of their mouth, because it's so bad. They're like, you know, cigarettes contain strychnine. It is awful for you. But that dude from Boston sipped on that, like a rapper drinking lean from 2004. <laughs> he was just sipping on that, finished the race, first place. Worst marathon time in the history of the Olympics, by over a half hour. You can find a picture of that guy, too. He looks like a dude who drank poison and had to run 20 miles. He looks like ass. That was the marathon. Wait, no. There's one more. My favorite guy saved until last. Oh, my God. Yo. All right. So, in this marathon, one of the contestants was a Cuban mailman. He was a mailman from the island of Cuba. And he raised the funds to get to St. Louis by running around the island of Cuba. He was like the first GoFundMe guy. He was, he was like, I'm going to run around this island, and then I'm going to go to the Olympics for the pride of Cuba. And everybody loved him. They are like, well, we love that mailman. Here's some doubloons, dude. Do it up. All right, so he gets all the money, and he goes to St. Louis. He gets to St. Louis, dude, and it's, it's just party time. He just blacks out for like a week. He's gambling. All his money's gone. He has nothing Day of the race, he has nothing. He hasn't eaten for like almost two days. <laughs> they, the marathon's going to start. And he knows that like the whole island of Cuba is going to at least need a photo of something. But he's just in the clothes he's in. He has nothing. He's gambled and drank everything away. Finds a pair of scissors. Cuts his dress pants off at the knees. He's still going. He is still going. He needs these photos. He knows what he's done. He's been a bad boy. He fucking gets some Joanne's fabric scissors, doctors his, his tuxedo pants probably, cuts them off at the knees, runs the race. He hasn't eaten in two days. 
He's running. As he's running, he's bothering people for food. <laughs> he begged two peaches off like a car that was just in the road while he was running. He was like, yeah, can I get two peaches? They were like, yeah, here you go, man. Eats the peaches. Keeps on going. Believes in himself. Stops to climb an apple tree at one point. <laughs> like, well, I got some peaches in me. I got a taste for apples now. All right, so he, he climbs the apple tree, eats the apples. The apples are no good. <laughs> Bad move on the apples. They give him stomach cramps. He's all he's, he's all fucked up. His dress pants are all poorly cut. Oh, man. He's wishing he didn't eat those peaches at this point. He, he lays down to take a nap. He's got to regroup. Takes a full, full nap. Is unconscious during the race. Taking a nap. Wakes up. He's like, all right, I'm going to finish this up. Trots the rest of it into the stadium. Fourth place. Fourth place. Talk about redemption. That guy got to go home to Cuba. He definitely had pictures of him. He probably told him they were special running pants from America. He got fourth place. He doesn't have to tell him about any of that shit that happened when he got to St. Louis now. He's got the pictures. They're, not, they're never going to meet anybody who is there. They'll never know. Fourth place, Cuban mailman. The 1904 Olympics. Incredible. Anyway, so that's the podcast. That's the world presentations. Maybe you learned something. That'd be cool. If not, I hope it was at least interesting. If not, I totally understand. I'm going to probably look into that horse, see how they pulled that off, and do a follow-up on this. But thanks for tuning in, and uh, I'll see you next week.